I think that it is very important at this point to break the deadlock. The last review conference did not achieve much. Actually, it achieved very little. We can't just meet every five years and make only cosmetic improvements. We need to be bolder. We need to aim for something more. But at the same time, we have to be realistic. There are many proposals on the table, dozens actually, and and we need to make sure that where we can merge them, we should be able to do so. We have to have delegations talking to one another and and come to some sort of uh, understanding on the most pressing issues. But certainly it won't be the RevCon that will decide every detail of what we want to do to implement this convention. I think that we should be also realistic, but I think that it is our responsibility to break this deadlock and set out a clear direction for where we want to go. In terms of the verification, I mean, that is the key blocking issue, isn't it? I mean, there is no verification body for the Biological Weapons Convention, even though it's signed by, what, 180 plus member states. And of course, you're in the eye of the storm because you had Russia alleging biological weapons in Ukraine. I think this is a different context. We have a mandate to look at the convention, to look at the legal instrument that we have and make it work better. So we have to focus on that. We will do an article by article review. So that is, we will read every article and see how it has been implemented, how it could be better implemented. And then we will go on to discuss recommendations for for the future, how we can improve the mechanisms of the convention. So this is our mandate, this is our goal. But I wouldn't focus too much on the verification. Verification definitely is a very important issue, but it's not the only one. I mean, a lot of countries want to go back simply to the restart negotiations on a legally binding protocol. Other delegations do not want that now, or they want to discuss how we can approach the issue in light of all the technological developments that we've had, in light of the pandemic. We need to approach this with an open mind and with fresh eyes. And we can't just turn the clock back to 20 years ago and, and start from there. That's why we need to talk with scientists to understand what kind of threat we face now, which are different from 20 years ago. Maybe maybe you could just uh, tell me what are the threats that we face now that are different from 20 years ago? You mentioned that we've had a pandemic and I think people are more aware than ever of biological hazards. So what is it that we should be worried about? You've got your finger on the pulse. Well, I think this is exactly the reason why we need a scientific advice to make decisions. There are many and very varied. I mean, the biological field is very complex. In theory, you know, you have hundreds of thousands of facilities, establishments in the world that could be weaponized, which is also why it is very important we will be discussing a code of conduct for scientists. We need to have something which is not just something for the concerns that ethical commitment of scientists to behave in a certain way and to share information among the scientific community but within the scientific community but also something that could be implemented at the national level i think our goal is to make sure that the convention is updated then it can live up to these challenges and exactly we have to discuss these challenges and the idea is to have some mechanism which involves scientists also over the next few years and to see exactly what kind of threats we're talking about and how we can best address them. So, but another issue that is very important is international cooperation, which is something that a lot of countries want. And I think that the COVID-19 pandemic showed that, you know, as we used to say, no one is safe until everyone is safe, which means access to technology, 
I mean, if you have an outbreak, you need to have the effective health system in place. You have to have the technology, the therapeutics, the vaccines. So we're talking about, you know, sharing also technology. The lower and middle income countries have access to that technology. So this is a very important issue. I mean, when we talk about a disarmament instrument, we tend to think of exactly disarmament. But there's also another aspect in every disarmament instrument, which is peaceful uses. You know, we don't want to make weapons. We want to use that technology to make lives better. And this is what most countries are interested in, peaceful uses. This is exactly what we should offer to those countries whose capabilities should be strengthened.